Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Everything Melodifestivalen. This is Melfest Monday. We're back again with Melfest Monday. It's James here. And for the next 60 minutes or so, we're going to be chatting exclusively about Melody Festival and what could be better. Uh, we've just heard the two songs that we lost in Saturday's heat, plus the two songs that have got themselves a spot in the final qualifying round. But here are the moments that Danny Saucedo and Dotter won a spot in the final. And them som go direct to final are... Yeah, perhaps no real surprise that the two most experienced artists in this week's show went direct 
Teal Finalen. Uh, there's plenty to dissect, of course, from Saturday's show, and even more to look forward to in Saturday's upcoming fifth and final heat, as well as, of course, the new format final qualifying round that we will take one last attempt at explaining to you before we see it on screens. It shouldn't be as confusing as you might think it will be. Uh, we have an expert panel who will be helping us all with that. Plus, we'll be hearing from Jay Smith, Chelsea Mucho and Medina as they all prepare to take part in Saturday's Heat. So we've got all that and more still to come. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotour Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Let's welcome our panel then. Uh, we've got two newbies to the podcast this week. First up, let's welcome from Sweden's leading daily newspaper, Afton Bladet, it's Natalie Demirian. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much, James. Thank you. It's great to have you here. And uh, the editor-in-chief of uh, Swedish magazine QX and, of course, Tina Merison's sidekick during the live shows of Melfest this year, it's Ronnie Larson. Ronnie, hello. Hello. Nice to be here. Nice to see you. Um, I'm going to start with you, Ronnie, because we've chatted to Tina a couple of times on the podcast to find out more about her role. Uh, You, of course, sit next to her in those live shows. So what's it been like for you this year? It's a totally new experience for you. Yeah, I've been going on the Melfest tour for 20 years. So this is my uh, 20th year. Uh, So it's like, it's really exciting to have a new role because I know so many people like in the press area and in the behind the scenes area and the production and the artists and everything. So it's really nice to float just between all these camps. Um, it, w- it it hasn't been as hard uh, as I thought it would be because people, people talk about stuff behind the stage as well. And they are really like opinionated and free uh, with me. And I really appreciate that because I was kind of afraid that they will think that, oh, he's a journalist, that we won't talk to him now uh, <laughs> and reveal any secrets. But it has been quite the opposite. So I bet you've got loads of gossip that you can't tell anybody, but you found out loads of little secrets about everybody and, and how things work. But you can't tell anyone, I bet. No, exactly. I have to keep keep it in. Natalie, you, you need to try your best now to find Ronnie and like get him into a corner and find out all of his little secrets next time I you see him. I know. It's weird that he's on, on that side now, you know? <laughs> he used to be in the press room also, so it's weird. He used to be your friend, now he's an enemy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, shall we talk about Saturday night? Um, Danny Saucedo, shall we start with him? Because perhaps, to no surprise, he went direct to the final. Were you surprised at all of, of that result? Not even the slightest. I would have been so surprised if he didn't go to the finals. But the thing about Danny is that he's a bit unpredictable as a person. Like, even when you talk to him, I think sometimes he gets, like, just a feeling to say just whatever is on his mind at the moment. And you can feel like he's a bit of an unpredictable person, and that makes it... Like, okay, what if he does something crazy on stage? What if he, you know, you never really know (laughs) with Danny. But I would have been so surprised if he um, not only made it to the finals, but if he wouldn't have been the first one. What did you think of his performance overall? Because I've definitely seen some people say that it it felt like it was missing something, maybe some dances or some pyro, because it wasn't classic Danny Saucedo on stage, was it? 
I, I do agree. We're used to seeing him having a, a huge show on stage for sure. Uh, this time he was all alone on stage, no choir and no dancers, nothing that exciting happening on stage. Uh, what he does have is a great energy. He has a, a good song, a good voice. Uh, I definitely missed something. He still uh, stood out in this heat for sure. He was the the veteran, the, the best like option to go to the finals but uh, I hope that he adds something in the finals what would you like uh, it would have been ha- uh, cool if something happened with with the stage like with the background like is something that could be more like developed there but uh, if you imagine like dancers running in uh, running in and next to him if we imagine uh, Piro uh, several times uh, during the end uh, uh, there's so much stuff he can do. I don't know. I, I actually got a text yesterday from a friend saying that there was a rumor going on that this was the plan that he was gonna be playing in the semifinal, in this yeah in the DL Tavling or semifinal, and then in the finals, then he will like bring everything on. No, it's interesting. Yeah, but many people have been talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously the staging costs money, doesn't it? If Danny wants some dancers, you know, his his record label might have to pay for them. Or if he wants some pyro, they'll have to pay for them. So maybe because people thought he was such a favourite to win, they can save that money because probably people were going to vote for him anyway. Save that money for the final. What do you think, Natalie? Yeah, maybe. I mean, dancers, SVT, uh, in my, to my knowledge, they provide some of the dancers, but uh, with the pyro and stuff like that, that is what costs a lot of money. It sounds like we're criticizing him, but we're not. We're, we're just saying because I think everyone has such high expectations for a Danny Saucedo number that it allows us to like nitpick and that sort of thing. So we're, we're not criticizing. We, we should say that. But um, we said it was no surprise that he went direct to the final. This is what his his fifth time in the competition and the fifth time he's gone direct to the final. Just it's a remarkable uh, feat for him, isn't it? Yeah, he has he has succeeded every time. It started out with uh, EMD in 2009 and then he just went through in, with all his solo efforts. So he's he's got the record now. Mariette and he was sharing that record with going straight through the finals like the first one. But now he's on his own. If we move on to Dotter next, uh, there was a lot of talk, Natalie, in the week that Dotter was a little unwell. She she had to sort of take a rest from some rehearsals. Give us a bit of, of insight into sort of what was going on during rehearsals for her. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, during the Thursday rehearsals, when it was the first time we in the press like could see her uh, perform, she was coughing. You can notice that she was having a bit of a cold and we were a bit like worried about it. We asked her, her team, what's going on? They're like, oh, it's fine. She's recovering from a cold. It's fine. But then... It comes Friday and during the daytime we have a press conference where all the artists are present and in the middle of that press conference Dr. left with her team uh, around her because uh, of her voice. Uh, her uh, press team told us that, you know what, she just completely lost her voice. She really needs to rest right now. And then uh, we have another press conference during the evening Friday and once again she wasn't there. 
she had to rest. She had she was not allowed to talk uh, at all. So we were worried. We're like, what, what's going on? She was having like this steam machine trying to, to salvage the, the voice. And mm. she, yeah, she she had a nurse on site also to help her. And yeah, it was it was a bit dramatic for sure. Ronnie, was there any sort of, I don't know, drama behind the scenes? You know, if one of the six artists is ill, obviously, you know, there might be a bit of panic from the production team. No, I don't think so. I think she had she had great backup behind the stage. I think they added one uh, one singer in the like in the in the choir in the backup thing, and then she was uh, I was sitting with her in the makeup chair, and she was like doing all these scales just before she went on stage. But she she didn't talk that much. She was speaking, of course, a little bit, but she was like. Yeah, singing scales. To be fair, you wouldn't even notice she'd been ill. If you just watched the Saturday night performance, Natalie, would you say that it looked and sounded pretty flawless? Yeah, definitely. With the look, with the voice, you can hear it maybe a little bit. But as Ronnie mentioned, she did have extra backup that could cover up for the high notes and stuff like that. And I think that helped a lot in not like for people not to notice that she wasn't feeling so well. And remind us who, who that extra backup singer was, because it might be a familiar name to Melfest fans. It is, actually. It's uh, Melanie Bell. She has been competing herself, uh, most famous for being a songwriter, but she has also been uh, competing herself, was it two years ago maybe i think adonai is better yeah it was it was one year ago (laughs) one year ago oh my god yeah time yeah time flies yeah ronnie for for you in your role when you've got all of the stats and facts in front of you during the voting that must have been a, a really exciting moment because we were getting all the 12 points in and every artist got a set of 12 points. But even before Dotter had got her 12 points, she was already top of the, the, the leaderboard. Such an exciting sequence, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's, it's really, I think that that is the best part of, of doing this because I'm still a fan of Mel- Melody Festival. And so I'm still like secretly rooting for someone. You know, I, 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 cannot, <laughs> I cannot say what I, what, what I think, but of course I... I, I it's it's very exciting. Uh, shall we chat about the the artists who have got themselves a place in the final qualification round, which we will see on Saturday, and we'll talk a bit more about that later on. Uh, Albin Tingval, uh, first of all, Natalie, uh, he opened the show, uh, it, and just a classic boy pop song, wasn't it? It was uh, another flawless performance. Though. Definitely. Uh, this guy doesn't have that much experience as an artist. He was on Idol and he came in second place in uh, 2022. Uh, but he that was basically his first experience as an artist. Uh, so he was so nervous during the Melfest uh, performance the whole week. Uh, I've been chatting with him. He has been crazy nervous uh but he nailed it i mean uh, i would say also like maybe nothing that like stands out that much you know but yeah it was i think it was easy thing to for people sitting in the couches like thinking oh like cute guy knows how to dance sings well it's like an easy thing to vote on i guess I was going to say it's a it's an easy one to remember. It's an earworm, isn't it? As as we yeah. as we might say. So yeah, definitely an easy one to remember for for the voting. Uh, and then we move on to to Scarlet, which we we talked about on the podcast last week, and we were wondering whether or not it would be too scary for the kids and for the young children. But uh, it, clearly, it wasn't because I think the youngest age group gave them ten points. So I think the kids definitely loved them. But 
Ronnie, what was it like in the arena? Because watching at home, it definitely had a little bit of scare value to it. Was it. Did you see from your point of view any kids trying to look away or hide behind the chair because it was a bit scary? Yeah, I, I don't think that, that the kids get gets easily scared. They were more excited about the, the staging and the costumes and everything. It was a hugely creative stage performance as well, wasn't it? I, I, can't, I can't compare it to anything we've seen in Melfest before. It just it looked so unique. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think that at least not in the last couple of years. I think that, uh, as, I, as I said earlier, I've been through this like 20 years. So I've seen a lot of staging and it, it was much more elaborate for like 10 years ago. I think that then they started like doing so many crazy stuff and uh, it was uh, props and costumes and everything. But yeah. The last couple of years, it has been a lot of just simple, more simple, because everything is so expensive. You said you saw Dotter in the in the makeup chair uh, on Saturday night. Did, did you see Scarlet? Because that makeup must take a very long time. Yeah, I, th- I heard that they they put on their own makeup, I think, but they, but they need like the touch up from the makeup people that SVT provide backstage. I saw that uh, one of them, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, she was running around backstage with a lot of red paint all over her. So. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and the makeup brushes were like gluey because they have put on the red stuff on their bodies so we they were trying to get that off the makeup brushes and that was a problem maybe but actually i saw the, i saw them both of them uh, for bre- during breakfast they were up quite early at the hotel and they didn't have their makeup on I was going to say, I was wondering, did they put it on as soon as they wake up or do they sleep in it? But clearly there are times of the day when they don't look like they do on stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they're not like uh, Fröken Snusk at all. So they, they are like showing themselves like in private at the, at, in areas where people like can meet them or so. What did you think of the performance, Natalie? I was uh, really excited about this performance because, as Ronnie said, it had a whole story. It had a really good staging. I think their vocals were really strong. Uh, I think it was um, like a bit of a scary movie, but also really exciting. and really, I really loved it. I think they deserved better than fourth place in this heat. Um, it's, It's something unique, and I think that... They really, really delivered. They had many elements of surprise. And, and I think it was really, really a fun thing. When I heard the song for the first time without seeing the, the staging, I was like, what is this? What are we really going <laughs> to see? What's going to match with this? But then like the aesthetic of, of, the all, of the whole performance, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I think they deserved a better, better place than fourth. It was just a hugely competitive night. That's the problem. I think yeah. everybody was fighting for those top two positions. Uh, and then finally, a quick word on the the other two artists that we unfortunately lost, Leah Larson to begin with. But where do you think it went wrong for her? Because I think we might have thought she would have got a lot of points from the young age groups. But Natalie, I think she was ranked last by the 16 to 29 group, which was probably where she might have expected a lot of her points to come from. Yeah, she's a girl with a lot, I think over 400,000 followers on on TikTok. But the thing is that that doesn't mean that everybody likes what they see, like with an influencer. She can also be somebody that, uh, that people just, you know, follow, but don't really like really love. And, you know, so it doesn't really mean like followers doesn't mean a lot of votes in the end. I don't think... 
people out there thought it was a bad song. I just think that maybe they've already got this with Frökesnusk. It's uh, the same genre and we already saw it. Finally, Lasse Stefans, uh, a similar vibe to Engman's Capel that we, we saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, would you say, Ronnie? Uh, so a shame, obviously, for them not to get through, but still it's important, isn't it, for, for Melfest to feature a, a wide variety of genres to include groups like Lasse Stefans? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's really important that, that we get songs from every genre that there is, like like metal and uh, dansband and schlager and pop and rock and everything in between. So I, I think that they and, and Lasse Stefan doesn't suffer from a from a last place. They they will still have they will they they will still have their audience. It's like Casanova's last year. They, I think they ended up last in one of the semifinals and mm. then they got the song of the year at the big dance band uh, awards show. So it doesn't really matter. I think that it's more important that it, it, we get something for everyone in Melody Festival. Ronnie, Natalie, thank you very much. Stay right there. We will look ahead to heat number five and the final qualification round right after this. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Your home for everything Melodifestivalen. This is Melfest Monday. Welcome back to Melfest Monday. It's great to have you with me. Uh, everything you need to know about Heat 5 and, yes, the final qualifying round is still to come. But first, it's the Melfest Monday Hall of Fame. Our opportunity to commend some of Sweden's best entries in the Eurovision Song Contest. Last week, we were looking for Carola's best ever entry. We just had three to choose from and neither Rob or I chose her winner, <laughs> a travesty, uh, according to some of you out there, uh, including Eurojam and Rene on Twitter, who uh, both pointed out that glaring omission. Uh, but anyway, by the slightest of margins, and I mean slightest, uh, I finally won one. Uh, my nominee, Fremling, got, wait for this, 50.5% of the vote. Uh, it couldn't be closer. So thank you for all your votes for that one. This week, though, we are looking to induct into the Hall of Fame 
Sweden's best third place at Eurovision. It's happened six times, uh, whereas they've only finished second once. Yeah, if you were wondering why we chose third place uh, rather than second. Uh, so first of all, let's hear from Rob and see what he's chosen this week. Hello, James. Hello, Malfest Monday listeners. It is lovely to be here once again. James, great job. Tremendous episode. And I cannot believe we are so close to the final. Well done for pulling one back last week. At least you've got a point on the scoreboard now. And this week, I understand we are doing Sweden's best third places at the Eurovision Song Contest. Now, for me, it was an easy choice. We are going to 1996. Now, this was the second year in a row that Sweden had finished third at Eurovision. And this time, it was the group One More Time with Den Wilder. One More Time, made up of Peter Gromval who is the son of Abba's Benny Anderson, his wife, Nana Gromval, legendary Swedish artist, and also Maria Radston. This was their entry back in 1996, came third at the contest in Oslo. So here's one more time with Den Vilda. <laughs> An interesting choice. I thought he was going to play it safe and go for Sanna Nielsen with Undo, but never mind. Uh, I think I've played it safe and have gone for Eric Sarder with Popular. Come on, it's got to be, hasn't it? Surely. You can have your say uh, and vote for your favourite between Rob's choice and my choice. There'll be a poll on our Twitter, at Eurotrip Podcast. At some point on Monday, it'll be open all week, so you can choose Sweden's best third place at the Eurovision Song Contest. You're home for everything, Melodifestivalen. This is... Melfest Monday. Shall we chat to some of the artists from Heat number five? Go on then. First up is Chelsea Mucho. Uh, she's performing second on Saturday night in her Melfest debut. And Rob caught up with her recently. Uh, this is what happened when they had a chat. Chelsea, big first question. Why now? Why Melfest in 2024? It's been a thought for quite some time now uh, but I just think that it, it's it was just the right timing you know I was in a right space I'm in the right space in my life right now where I feel like you know what I I got time and I feel good I have something to give you know tell me about you as an artist who is Chelsea Mucho you know who are you what can people expect from your music style because I know you're you're from Burundi correct I'm from Burundi. You've done the research. (laughs) Yeah, I'm from Burundi. I'm half Burundi, half Brandese as well. So I'm from Rwanda as well. Which comes through in your music as well. You know, you're so proud of your roots and you want to make that. You want to do that. That's exactly how you want to sound. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I've always been doing music, always been loving doing music um, since I was a little girl. And um, 
I started like, okay, taking this professional, um, no, as a professional thing, uh, I think 2000 and uh, probably like 16, 15, 16 there. Cause it's always a battle, you know, cause I come from a background where I love, I love reggae. I love dancehall. I love R&B. I love, so I, you know, I just love all, like a lot of like the genres, um, so I've always, you know, I grew up listening to Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, uh, Bob Marley. So it's I've just been having them as inspirations. And it took a while for me to actually know and to figure out my sound. And then when I figured out, I was like, I landed in Afrobeats. People <laughs> listening to this are going to be so enthused about the fact that you're bringing Afrobeats to Melody Festival. And because I think... If there is any criticism of the contest, and there aren't many because it's fantastic, but it's that often it's very pop centric. You know, there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of the same kind of genre in in the competition. But you're exactly. bringing Afrobeats, Chelsea. You're bringing something completely different. I'm bringing Afrobeats, Rob. I'm bringing Afrobeats, and it's an honor that I can do that. That I have this platform to do it because I do feel like. My like Afrobeats, the genre in itself needs to be represented because this genre is very much alive in Stockholm, Sweden. You know, not only Stockholm, but in Sweden, you know. So the fact that this, uh, how do you say, like this audience can finally watch TV and be like, yo, it's Afrobeats on TV. You've seen it, you know, so that they can to have them as well, you know, love to see this type of music on TV, like because it's mainstream now like we have to normalize it we have to you know and uh, no I'm, I'm super excited talk me through what it was like for you when you got the call I don't know whether it was Karen Gunnarsson or who, whoever it was to tell you that you were in Melfest and also what was it like when you told everyone down at the studio that this was actually happening it was like a shock you know because I was having a show in Kigali I was there for like six days. And the same day that I landed, like I opened my door in with the suitcases, you know, and then um, literally right after when I landed home, boom, that's where I got the call from, uh, from Udo. Uh, Pamudo called me and he was like, yes, who's in the contest of Melody Festival? Like, just like that. And then I was like, but before that, I opened the call because he called me on video. And then he was like, I'm about to tell you something, but who's there? Is anyone near you? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm alone. We are in the contest. You know, that's when he, he was screaming. And then he was like, you know, it's hush. It's very hush. Um, so I knew this, I think, like in the beginning of October. Um, and then it had to be hush, hush. But the, the day I told my, like the day when I told everybody, it was it was amazing to see the response, to see the people that were, you know, supporting me. And I have to ask about the song, of course. You know, you've got some amazing people on on the entry that worked with you on on the entry on the song. Uh, one of them is a uh, friend of the podcast, Anders Retov. Melfest, big name, Eurovision royalty. What's it been like working with Anders? Such a lovely, lovely man. He is amazing. He is talented. You know, because working with, with music and working with a lot of producers and working with different people... It's it's not always you find that connection with that people with that person or whoever you're working with it could be a songwriter it could be a I don't know but Anders like like the first time we saw each other I saw it was such a vibe he's so 
humble. He is so happy. Like he was very welcoming. He's just so warm and so welcoming and so talented, you know. And then we created this song. I think like one and a half day, everything was done. If I were to put you on the spot and ask you to, I don't know, describe the song in three words without giving it away. I would describe it as uh, happy, flirty, mm, up-tempo. Happy, flirty and up-tempo is my vibe. I'm very excited about this, Chelsea. This sounds great. It's a dance song. We are here to deliver dance moves. Let me tell you that much. Chelsea, it is so exciting to have you as part of Melody Festival in this year. Thank you so much for chatting to us and all of the best. Good luck. Thank you so much, Rob, and thank you for having me. Chelsea sounds like so much fun. I feel like I could spend hours with her just chatting away and never get bored. Very, very exciting. Very fun. Uh, Now then, let's have a chat with Jay Smith. Surprise, surprise, another Melfest newbie. It feels like we've had a boatload this year. Uh, But certainly, he is someone who's been in and around the music scene for a number of years now. I caught up with him last week, and this is what happened when we caught up. Jay Smith, welcome to Melfest Monday. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for having me. First things first, I guess, uh, you're making your Melfest debut this year. Uh, why yeah. 2024? Why Why is now the right time to enter Melody Festival? Well, uh, we actually we actually submitted the song uh, that I'm entering with now last year, actually. And um, during the summer, uh, when it was coming down to the last weeks of the submissions, I uh, got a phone call from um, my sister's manager asking if we wanted to um, submit the song again. And uh, we did, and, and here we are. A couple of summers ago, I was uh, kind of feeling a bit down, you know, the um, pandemic and all that stuff, and all the gigs had been, uh, you know, cancelled and stuff. And um, I was uh, I was working as a roofer. Suddenly, I got a bunch of emails from um, from people I'd never worked with uh, who wanted to uh, wanted me to to sing their demo for uh, Eurovision. And uh, I told my sister this when we were having a family um, dinner she said well if you're going to do that why don't you want to do it with us then and I said well I, I would really but I didn't think you wanted to or even had the time to for it so was it she she'd just written with uh Victor Tell and a couple of guys from Nashville she picked up another song I'd, I'd heard that song before but it was uh originally written for a girl we had to uh, tone it down a bit and then um rewrite the lyrics uh and uh, it turned out to to be the song that went into melody festival you've already mentioned your sister a couple of times and then you of course yeah. name dropped victor tell fill in the gaps there let her, let everyone know who your sister is my my kid sister maria is uh the singer of uh, smith and tell uh which is a indie pop country band they've done quite well the last couple of years they certainly have and uh they're very good songwriters we haven't really told people that we're siblings. I've been a rock and roll guy, kind of a bit, you know, on the wild side. And uh, my sister and Victor are really—they're good at keeping, uh, you know, walking the line. Uh, I haven't really been good at that. So it's been sort of like I've wanted to do stuff with them, but I'm, I haven't really been sure that they wanted to sort of invite me into into their sphere. Did you say before, by the way, that sort of after the pandemic or during the pandemic, you were you were a roofer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my wife got pregnant uh, like five years ago, and uh, when we were talking about, it, I'd been I'd been a uh, uh, traveling troubadour, you know, 
you know, by myself, that that was fine. But with a family, with the kind of pay that uh, I was pulling in, it, it was great some months and it was a little less great some months. And uh, I thought, well, if we're going to have a baby, uh, I might as well get a real job uh, for a while to, to, you know, not talk about money and economics around the breakfast table. Uh, did you ever think you'd get back to, you know, full-time music and gigging and that sort of thing when, when you made that decision? Well, as I said to my wife, it, it was sort of like, uh, just, I'm going to do this and, uh, and I'm going to take uh, my responsibility. It's just that uh, uh, we have to be aware that um, probably my music career is going to go down. It's, it's it, it, even, even if I had the time to keep up with what I had to do, it, it was, it would still be less and less because when you, when you're working 40 hours a week doing something else, it's really hard to, to combine that with another full-time job. During the time that I was having the conversation with my sister about, you know, maybe recording one of these songs, um, it, it was kind of like, it, if I don't do anything like this, it's probably going to just fade into nothingness. And then um, this all started, uh, and I was sure we were going to make the cut for 2023, and, and we didn't. And um, I just went, well, I thought, well, uh, might give up on mainstream swing and uh, I just started doing my my country thing again out of the blue they wanted me to resubmit the song and I did and uh, here we are so tell us about the song then uh, back to my roots is that a reflection on the style of music that we're going to hear from you in Melfest this year uh, a little bit uh, more like to back to myself back to me really uh, style of music is uh, I, I grew up doing rock and roll grunge and, and um, seattle stuff like that uh, and after i'd been on idol i don't know it was something about doing that program that kind of turned me off hard rock and i spent a couple of years trying to figure out where i stood and um found country music and um it was sort of a way for me to um grow up it was a genre of music that had a, a, a value system that wasn't about anger, frustration, alcohol. You know, it was more like a family job and alcohol. So it kind of worked out a little bit better for me. Yeah. <laughs> have you um have you spoken to your sister and has she given you much advice? I know she hasn't performed on that Melfest stage before, but she's been there as a songwriter a few times already. Has she given you yeah. any words of wisdom for, for what to expect? Oh, well, I mean, I, I've, I've been uh, actually listening a lot to my sister the last couple of months. I told myself that uh, now you should sort of just be uh, open to suggestions from people who actually done something with their career because uh, my instincts haven't always been the best. <laughs> uh, so I've been, I've been listening a lot to my sister these last couple of months. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about. What's your ambition for, for the competition? Uh, my ambition is just, uh, I don't know, perform this song, see if people like it. Maybe uh, even if we don't make it to the Eurovision, we uh, people like the song enough to have it on radio for a while and, um, and I can uh, get back to just uh, making music full time. Absolutely. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Jay, thanks so much for your time and, and thanks for being so open and, and honest as well. Really, really appreciate it. Best of luck as well. Cheers. 
Uh, thanks for having me. Have a, have a good day. Two down, one to go, because now I'm going to bring you a chat with Medina. Yes, a duo that made waves, didn't they, back in 2022 when they took their song Eeny Diman to the final. Uh, well, they're back this year and they're closing the show. I just can't even begin to imagine what that is going to be like. Uh, well, I caught up with them a few days ago. Sammy and Ali from Medina, of course. Welcome to Melfest Monday. How are you both? We are good, actually. Yeah, really good. We haven't seen each other for like two or three weeks now, so we just met up and uh, yeah, we feel good. What's it like when you two get back together? Because, you know, you spend quite a bit of time apart. So when you get back together, are you just like up to mischief all the time? Yes, yeah, only mischief. <laughs> a lot of laughter, a lot of jokes. Uh, spend our, all our energy in like two hours. And um, and then we're finished. Then we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's really, really exciting that you guys are back in Melfest this year. I remember two years ago and I was in the arena in Stockholm in the final and you guys came on at the very end of the show. You had the biggest reaction from the crowd, you know, even bigger than Cornelia who won and, and Anders Bagger as well, who was a big fan favourite. Do you remember being on that stage and, and hearing that reaction from the crowd? We'll never forget. I'm still there. <laughs> I think that's my happy place where I go to when I'm, I'm feeling low. It was surrealistic. It was yeah. like, is this even for real? It's, it's crazy. The, the pulse and the aura and the, and the ambience with all these people, you know what I mean? After you've been locked up for a long time with the corona and everything, and suddenly there's a huge crowd and everybody's standing up yeah. and dancing, you know, that was incredible. And that's actually why we are coming back for another Melfest. Yeah. Because uh, that was the happiest moment in our career. Yeah. We have to remember, you guys were a group for a long time beforehand. You then split up and I think everybody thought you would never get back together. So the fact that you came back and now you are back in Melfest yet again. People are still so pleased about this, aren't they? Do people say this to your face as well when you see them on the street or catch up with other people? Yeah, obviously we got a new fan base after Melfest also. Uh, it's not only the, the people that used to listen no. to us from, from way back, but we got a new group of fans and, and they really want to see us again. But when we did the song, it wasn't 100% this time. We, we tried to make a song, but it didn't feel so good at the beginning. So mm. it was, we were talking about not in, uh, coming to Melfest this year, but we, ha we, we didn't, um, how do you say, we didn't um, give up on the no, song. Exactly. So we did the chorus for about 14 or 15 times until it landed. We rewrote it, then we reproduced it, then we remade it. Because we knew there was, was something in it, but we couldn't find the pieces. But now it's oof, we feel it. You know, we love the song ourselves, and then we're comfortable enough to go back there and just enjoy this again. Hopefully, do the same thing. So you you write the song, you finish it, you record it, and then you send it in to to SVT, and, and then you have to wait, right? When did you get the call? They they set us up over again, like last time. Did they? Uh, so Yes, yeah. they set us up, uh, and I think like our manager or somebody from the from the record company called me and said, "Karin wants to talk to you about changing the chorus." And we already changed the chorus like thirteen times, yeah. <laughs> and we were so fed up. It was like, okay, if it's Karin that wants to just change something, and we are in, 
we we let her get the call but i was like i'm so fed up i want i don't want to do this anymore no. so i called ali i was like they want to change it again should we just give up yeah and when they called us i was in a toilet uh <laughs> with my children at a theater course and i was not you know prepared prepared for that call and it was marcus and martinez who called us up on facetime and it's like you guys are in the melody festival and we was like okay and i didn't and i couldn't see them because i had a problem with my wi-fi because i was checking in in a hotel in berlin so i didn't see anybody so i was like who am i talking to and what was you know i didn't recognize their voices or something so it was so for five minutes he didn't uh, know that we are in melody festival <laughs> no. he, he thought we were talking about the song still so he's like yeah it sounds good this is the most surreal story I've ever heard. So let's just sum that up. Ali, you were in a hotel lobby in Berlin. Sammy, you were in a in a toilet with your children and you got a FaceTime from Marcus and Martinez. <laughs> exactly. But the joy we had after that call and uh, this the release of stress that we mm-hmm. had because we really wanted to be in Melody Festival. But uh, you never know. You can have a you know good name, a good song, everything, but you're not, you're not you know... Um, promised uh, yeah, exactly do you feel much pressure as well because you are the last song that we have to hear we have to wait until the end of the final show to actually hear the song often svt put a really powerful a really big song last do you feel that pressure this year yeah we heard about that but we won't let the pressure get to us because like we are so comfortable with the song we're so mm-hmm. comfortable with the number and actually i think this is the best song to end I'm never this comfortable or how do you say uh, secure like a self um, self esteem. Yeah. Normally he's like, nah, this is not gonna work. We're gonna nah, we're gonna go out in the first round. Yeah. Don't care about it. We let's just have fun. But now this time it's like, yeah, we're going to. Win. Yeah, we have a song that's called Kesera Sera. Whatever will be, will be. Whatever will happen, and that's that's the you know that's the, the mentality model. we yeah. go into the in this competition again. It's like we we do our best and let's see what happens. But yeah. And what can you tell us about the song? Because when I hear Kesera Sera, I think of you know that Doris Day song, and it's very slow and that sort of thing. But presumably, it doesn't sound anything like that. It sounds like classic Medina, right? Yeah. And- just yeah turned up like a notch yeah. yeah exactly this it's one like is. three or four genres in the song like it starts off with an ukulele like small and uh, you know you you never can expect what will happen to the song like for the first 10 seconds of it and uh, it's um it's a combination of every style that we ever did <laughs> yeah and some that we, that we ever never did yeah. as well yeah, the song feels good and it feels very Medina, uh, Medinish. Yeah, Medinish. like Inidiman was not so Medinish, except that you can dance to it, but it was very dark. This is very happy. Yeah, this is very like explosive and happy and good energy, you know. So, yeah, an attitude as well. Oh, honestly, I can't tell you how excited am I, I am to hear this song now. You're just giving me all the emotions. I'm so excited to hear it. <laughs> oh, guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, thanks for stopping by for a chat and uh, best of luck for Melfest this year. Thank, Thank you, you so Mr. much. Mr. It was a pleasure. Oh, great fun to have Medina here on the podcast. They're so much fun. Uh, we will, we'll chat about them a little bit more in a second because uh, Natalie and Ronnie are back with us. Uh, Natalie, would you like to take us through the running order that we're going to see in heat number five on Saturday night, please. Absolutely. First, 
up, we will have Marcus and Martinez with the song Unforgettable. And then after that, Chelsea Mucho with the song Controla. Then uh, third, we will have Jay Smith, Back to My Roots. And then Electra with Bannemai. And uh, fifth, we will have Annie Vicky Halder with the song Light. And at the very end, Medina with the song Kesera. Wonderfully done. Thank you so much, Natalie. Uh, you did a great job there. Uh, obviously, we've just heard from, from three of those here on the podcast just a moment ago, but we'll chat about each of them individually. We'll start with Marcus Martinez. They are opening the show. Are expectations, Natalie, really, really high for them to come back? Because they came very close to winning on their debut last year. Yeah, definitely. If you look at the odds and and all those kind of stuff also, it is a lot of talk about Marcus and Martinez and the feeling and the whole vibe of it is that they are looking for revenge from last year. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely uh, a bit like the one to watch. It's going to be super excited to see what they will bring to the table this year. The song is called Unforgettable. It's a bit fun because they really became forgettable after Lorenz <laughs> <laughs> and just last year. So they're making sure like we're going to be unforgettable <laughs> this year, I guess. I was going to say, there's a lot of anticipation for, for, for their return. And Ronnie, I, I wonder if SVT were, I don't want to use the word desperate, but they wanted to make sure that they were back this year because NRK over, over in Norway maybe wanted them as well for, for Melody Grand Prix over there. Yeah, I think so. But but the boys were very, very sure that they wanted to participate in Melody Festival again because it's such a... They were so impressed last year by, by everything, how, how everything was handled, how, how good they were taken care of. And yeah, I, I, I talked to them about that. But yeah, it was... It was it was an easy answer to get back to Melody Festival for them. Do we think that they're going to bring a song as good, perhaps even better than last year? Because it almost feels like last year is so difficult to, to top, Natalie. I think that they wouldn't agree to come just one year after the last time if they didn't think that they had a song that could match or be better than last year. That's what I'm expecting of them, at least. And I think people watching is expecting that. And I think they know that. So I would be surprised if they bring a song that doesn't match or or is better than air. Then we move on to Chelsea Mucho, who, of course, we, we've just heard from. Um, Ronnie, is, is this a new artist to you? Because it is for a lot of us that uh, she's making her debut this year in Melfest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about her before before this. So it will be really interesting to see what she has to offer in this like Jettingbo wasps nest or what you will call it because it's <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a tough one this last uh, semifinal. It is a tough one and I think she's definitely going to be able to stand out because she is bringing a, an afrobeat genre. Natalie, we we saw that from Sejo earlier in uh, in the competition. It didn't work out too well for him. Uh, but again, it's it's good to have this genre on the Melfest stage because it does come across on, on screens like a really positive and upbeat genre, doesn't it? Definitely. It's something that people in the arena uh, usually enjoy, this kind of like dancing numbers that they usually have. And it's good to, to as Ronnie said earlier, to uh, showcase a lot of different genres. This 
artists I haven't heard of at all either before. I just read somewhere that she had like an acting role somewhere also. Uh, but yeah, the, it, it would be interesting to see because I have no idea what to expect. And then we move on to Jay Smith, who again, we, we, we've just heard from and another newbie to Melfest. Natalie, was this a, a surprise name for you to see in Melfest? Because I think a lot of people may not have expected him maybe ever to have uh, thrown himself into the Melfest circus. Definitely. Uh, he's uh, never had the vibe of like uh, wanting <laughs> to be on Melody Festival. And uh, I, I think he does it now because his career maybe is at a point where like this is a huge window for people to remember him again. He's, he was an idol many years ago, uh, but for people to remember him again, uh, to to maybe become like, as we call it, Folklig again, a person that that people out there will will like. Uh, so I think that's why why he's in it this year. And Ronnie, he's obviously got two big name songwriters on the track as well. His uh, his sister uh, 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 and his sister's musical partner, so Smith and Thel, are, are on the songwriting team, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And it, it it's really fun that they are back in the competition uh, this year. They have they have participated before as songwriters, and so I am re- really looking forward to hearing the song. Do you think this may at some point open the door for a Smith and Thel? song on the stage for, from them both because i feel like a lot of viewers are are, are desperate for, for this to happen they've dipped their toe into the water of songwriting but for smith and tell to, to get on that stage do you think that's a that's something that melfest fans would want to see absolutely i think that melfest fans want to see it but but it might take a while because i think they're enjoying their success and they don't really need to be in melody festival and, like an art as an artist but for songwriters that i think that, that it's a good thing because then they get to show like their they have very great versatility and they can like mm. write songs in different genres now next up is electra now ronnie this is uh, a star from from drag race in sweden right yeah, exactly. Uh, Elektra has been on uh, Drag Race uh, Sweden or Drag Race Sverige uh, the first season, and she did really well. She ended up fourth, and she had a, a big hit with her song Unadai. Uh, and she also won like she won two awards during our big like broadcasted uh, awards show, QX Galan. Drag of the Year and Song of the Year. She actually mm. beat uh, Lorraine's uh, tattoo. Oh, impressive! Yeah, so she's a she, yeah she's she's on a roll right now. So it, it will be really interesting to see how what what this will be like. And have you um, have you met her before? Yeah, I've met her many times, and she's amazing. She's really nice, and she's also very calm. She doesn't get nervous. She's just like doing her stuff, but she she doesn't get like blasé. She she's just like yeah, she's really calm and confident in herself. Natalie, I, I presume you you're, you're going to be expecting a really strong stage performance. I think we all probably are because we know what drag artists are like on a stage. So we're going to get something good, aren't we? I mean, for me, I'm not expecting Electra to come with super strong vocals. That's not the <laughs> thing here. The thing here is I'm expecting a show, like a show that only a drag show artist can bring. Uh, that is what I'm hoping uh, for Electra to to show on stage. And um, I mean, the title is uh, signaling some kind of like 
comic effect maybe like uh, her previous song uh, so i'm hoping for it to be fun like a fun song also yeah can you translate that uh, into english for, for a lot of our english language listeners <laughs> ronnie can you help me with that <laughs> what would that be in english well, it's like it's use that oh it's it's damn well gonna be good you know damn well maybe yeah okay. maybe that's the closest yeah damn well bam never yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that gives us a lot of intrigue where to to see what we're going to get from from Electra. I'm definitely excited to see what we're going to get from her. So it'll be exciting to see. Next up, then uh, we've got an, another debutante, another newbie, Annika Vicky Halder. Uh, what do we know? Because again, this is another artist, Natalie, that is uh, is new to the show, and yet another uh, artist that uh, started in Idol. Uh, we've this, had a few of them yeah. this year, haven't we? We, I mean, in Melfast, that's not an uncommon thing. But this year, I've been thinking about it like even extra, like, oh, this idol, this idol, in many different years also. So that's interesting. But what I do remember, I, I did cover that season of Idol, but uh, I, I, what I do remember the most is that she had a really strong voice. And uh, that is probably her, her strongest asset. And to wrap up the show then, uh, Medina the are back, which has gone down very well, I think, uh, in Sweden after such a great result uh, a couple of years ago. Is this probably going to be the best chance, Ronnie, for a song sung in Swedish to get to the final? Because we're still waiting for a Swedish language song, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think so. If the song matches what they uh, competed with before, I think that they have a really good chance of uh, of actually ending up really well. They can uh, challenge uh, Marcus and Martinus and Danny and Jacqueline and everyone else in the top if, if the song is what we all expect it to be. What about you then, Natalie? What are you expecting from Medina? Are, are you as excited as I am to see uh, to see them back and to see what they might bring to us on Saturday? I am, because either way, I'm expecting like a good song for summer, because mm. that is like Medina's vibe. They have a lot of like summer hits. So I do expect like, even if this doesn't go all the way, uh, you know, in Melfest, that we will have a good song to vibe to this summer either way. Uh, these guys really do bring it all. Uh, they really can can make a crowd uh, you know, move. Mm. So that is what I am expecting most uh, from them. And uh, this is a kind of a tough heat, but uh, but yeah, I think that they have a good chance of qualifying. Now then, the final qualification round is going to be bolted onto the end of the show this year. So in the past, of course, we've had four heats and then we've had a, a second chance round. This year, we've got five heats, but this Saturday show is going to be 30 minutes longer. Now, over the last few weeks, we've tried to explain exactly how this is going to work uh, because we're going to have 10 songs, Ronnie, fighting for two last places in the final. Is that right? That is right. That is correct. All the 10 songs will, ha uh, will have uh, a thousand points divided between them. And, the, and the, the, that is decided according to how many votes they received during their semifinal. Of course, they're weighing in how many voters there were. So if, 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 if a show was like watched by, say, three millions against to like two millions, 
it doesn't matter because they will still have like a percentage of that voting sum somehow. So it will be like a thousand points divided between all these entries. So so that obviously makes perfect sense. I, I think you've done a very good job of explaining that, I must say, okay. because <laughs> other people have tried and not done as well as you. So that makes sense. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but then we are not going to see them perform. We, we're going to get like a, a, a recap, a snap reprise, I, th- I think, as you would call it in Sweden, right? Yeah, exactly. We will get a recap of all the all the songs. So we will know how, how many points they will have from the beginning, I, I think. And mm. then the, the voting will start and then, then we will see all the performances, like a, a shorter versions, of course. And then people will vote. And they, they get another 1,000 points to then give out again, right? Exactly. So, so the, vo- the voters can, can vote once again. And then uh, these 1,000 uh, new points will be divided between all the 10 contestants. Natalie, does that make sense to you? I mean, Jesus Christ, I, I feel like what, what was going on in the SVT room <laughs> when they trying to figure this out and who was like, yeah, this is a, an easy thing to explain to people. Let's go for this idea. I don't know. I mean, if, if we have a problem explaining it like in a good, and Ronnie did a good job with it, but like normal people that doesn't work with the production also have a hard time like comprehending how this is going to go. I don't know how viewers are going to get it, how they're going to explain it in the show. It it sounds complicated. I'm just, what I'm trying to think is like, okay, uh, the people that came uh, third and fourth in uh, each heat is going to compete to get uh, only two uh, of the last, like, uh, final spots. Because obviously it's more it's more complex and it'll be interesting to see how SVT put that across to viewers on Saturday. But also it's more difficult for, for the artists to get a place in the final because in the past there were four places up for grabs in the second chance round. Now there's just two places for 10 artists to fight over, Natalie. So it's uh, even yeah. more difficult for them as well, right? It is. And, uh, well, we have, like, uh, there have been different discussions about this because, well, first of all, uh, they are not allowed to sing again, as you uh, mentioned. So we will only get a recap. And that makes them, you know, not be able to show any improvements from their heats. They cannot show anything else. They got their one shot and, and that's it. So we have that problem and also that they don't recap the whole song, just a part of it. Uh, which part are they going to choose? Like, that's also a bit difficult for the artists to have more of a storyline in their number. Uh, and then also there have been discussions about, okay, but the people that are performing in Heat 5, that is uh, right before this mm. is going to happen, are they going to have some kind of advantage of people having their songs well in memory from just hearing them? So there have been different kind of discussions about this kind of thing. I'm just really excited to see it once. I'm excited to see it at, at the rehearsal, just to understand like how it's going to work out. It's something new, it's something different, and maybe we're all confused about it. And then we see it on Saturday and we go, do you know what? This really works. We're happy with it. So we will exactly. have to won't we? It has been a hard time for SVT to, to know what to do with that fifth mm. week. Uh, and it's fun that we have a, a fifth heat. Uh, but yeah, that that part where some more people are going to the finals, that part is like uh, have been called so many different things during the years, and it's their like 
little problem baby, Esvetia. <laughs> so we'll see what happens this year. Natalie, Ronnie, thank you so much for, for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, have fun uh, on Saturday. And best of luck, Ronnie, for explaining it to the viewers at home. <laughs> thank you so much. I think I will do a little bit better in Swedish. <laughs> and Natalie, thank you very much as well. Thank you so much. Well, a huge thanks to Ronnie and Natalie. Uh, both of them were so much fun and it's great to bring you two brand new perspectives here on Melfest Monday. I hope as well you're a little clearer uh, on exactly how Saturday night is going to work. I'm sure we'll be just fine when we see it on TV. Uh, thanks too, as well, to uh, Jay, Chelsea and Medina uh, for stopping by for a chat. And, of course, thanks to you for listening. Uh, we'll be back for the penultimate episode of the series of Melfest Monday in, of course, seven days' time next Monday, where, get this, we'll be looking ahead to the final already. It's uh, flying by. Uh, for your Eurovision fix as well, don't forget your regular episode of the Eurotrip will be with you on Wednesday this week but in the meantime don't forget you can keep in touch with us all the time whenever you're not listening uh, we are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter Instagram TikTok and Threads you can email us hello at EurotripPodcast.com and you can read all of our exclusive stories over on EurotripPodcast.com as well make sure you subscribe leave us a review and rate us five stars from me James it's goodbye <laughs>